podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on a relatively comfortable 2-0 win over Fulham at home. Uh, go around the room. First up, it's Gibbo. How you doing, mate? Sound, mate. Um, happy that we're top of the league again, but not entirely happy with the performance, to be fair, mate. But we'll get into it in a minute. I don't want to be all negative, but there's some little bits tonight I weren't that happy with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. We're top of the league and we're still finding ways to moan. This is this is Spurs for us. <laughs> also joining is HG. How you doing, HG? Um, I, I think I thought I was going to be the negative one, but I think Gibbo's ahead of me. So I will be the positive voice of good tonight. Um, we weren't great, but we won. We won. We're top of the league. We won. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I thought it was like, anyway. We'll, we'll get to it. Also joining is he's got a brand new mic and he's testing it out. Is Seb. How you doing, Seb? <laughs> Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll be the voice of reason then because there there was um, good and bad as there as there are in most games. Thought it thought it pretty pretty evened itself out. Last half an hour was a, a little bit of a bore fest, but if you look at the players that were on at the end, maybe a little bit to be expected. But um, overall, like you say, top of the league, kind of done without a without even getting a sweat on really. Um, so yeah, all good. So uh, the only real change from from the lineup, uh, Gibbo, uh, was the fact that Basuma is obviously suspended, and Hoybier came in. It was obviously not like for like, but but um, did you understand that change, or would you have gone with someone else? No, mate. I'd have put Hoybier in there. I, I actually like Hoybier, don't I? Like people who watch YouTube a lot will know that I think he's a decent player, better than everybody um, gives him credit for. And I thought he'd come in. Um, I thought he did all right tonight. But yeah, I, I thought he'd come in. I thought the team would probably be pretty much the same apart from Bissouma. Obviously, Hoybier doesn't give you that sort of athleticism in drive that Bissouma has. But yeah, that, I wouldn't have made any other changes bar that really, mate. So quite happy. Hmm. HG, what did you make of the of the change? One thing I will get into the game, but Saar looking like he picked up a knock is a is a bit of a worry. Bearing in mind that him and Bissouma have struck a really good partnership in the the centre of the midfield. Yeah, we had a couple of people go off with hopefully small injuries, but again, when, when you're two 0 up at that point, you hope that it was more precaution than anything else. But when it came to the first eleven, like. <sighs> I thought Johnson would start over Richarlison, if only for the fact that Johnson started at the Emirates. And I had an impression then that that Johnson was considered part of uh, what Ange wanted to do. He played on the left-hand side in that game um, with Richarlison. And to be fair, Richarlison did okay. But uh, yeah, the, the first 11 does kind of pick itself. We've got a few options that we can do, but it appears right now that, um, well, yeah, with Basuma ended and Perisic injured, actually Ange kind of knows the 11 or 12 that he's going to play. And and the squad members right now are really kind of on the fringe. Mm. Let's get into the game, Seb. Um, relatively bright start, I thought. There was a very early chance for Son, uh, I think it was, which um, uh, Leno did well to keep out the, with, with his legs. But um, what, what were your thoughts on the first 15 and the sort of general state of play at the beginning? Well, as, as I said with previous games, I like the way we play. So even though there were there were no goals, um, it was enjoyable to watch. Um, I, I just some of the some of the the movement I thought was very good. Some of the little one touch passing was very good. The box midfield I liked, and Hoybier came into that, and I thought looked part of it. I didn't think he stood out in terms of um, you know some of the things that levelled at him, the backwards passing, and the, you know the, the 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 playing it safe option. I thought he was. Um, uh, you know, looked to play forward. Thought we carried good momentum. Um, just a shame that we couldn't we couldn't score early, like early, early. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was okay. The only thing that worried me was messaging on the um, the Patreon Slack chat that we have is that um, Fulham's tactic to me seemed to be to win the ball and whenever they won it to get it out wide and then to to literally switch with the next pass. And I think it's a tactic that we're going to have to look out for when we push both our fullbacks quite high. 
as, as we as we know that we do um particularly on particularly one seems to be a lot higher than the other um if you can if they can win the ball and then switch the play you're going to catch the other fullback out out of position uh, and Fulham did that quite a lot I felt um Adogi and and Porro just just we're, we're just getting caught um and I think that's where Fulham's big first chance came from well, the first chance it was that was it. I mean, the, the, the opening exchanges, Gibbo were were. I thought we 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 were bossing it. Certainly, possession wise, we had a few free kicks around the area that, that Madison. Uh, we tried tried a sort of smart one. We tried, he tried. He went for goal, but they Fulham very very nearly scored from that corner, and it, it took a superb save uh, from Big Vic to to keep it level. And because it would come you know, out of nowhere, that I think that was their first uh, attempt on goal. Yeah. Well, it was, anyway, it was a great save. It, I mean, it was a decent header. Um, he sort of brushed off Kulazewski, didn't he? And then, um, yeah, great, great save. Really big, strong hand. And then we, you know, we was it Hoybier cleared the ball after that? But yeah, it, it was a decent, decent header. Good chance. And we sort of got out of jail a bit there with a great save from the keeper. Yeah, well, HG... Um... We, we did have a few chances, I think, in, in that half. There was a one for Richarlison that, that went wide. Um, it sh- he should have done better. He, he did try and place it. Leno was was wrong-footed. Um, and we did eventually get that goal from, from Sonny. Um, talk us through what your thoughts were. Was it more a full of mistake? I thought it was obviously good for Richarlison to get an assist. And, and that finish, was just you knew where it was going to go. I feel like we had a few half chances in the lead up to that goal where we snatched at them. Madison mm. had one where he snatched at it. Sun had a wild swing from just outside the box. And finally, Sun got the opportunity to kind of take his time. And once he has time on the outside of the box, you know he's going to find the corner. He's done that so many times. But yeah, we, we can't forget the fact it did come from a Fulham mistake. And so, yeah, it's great that uh, that we took advantage and we went in 1-0 up and we probably should have gone in 2-0 up. But let's be honest, in that first half, we had all the ball. Like, But Fulham probably had the best chance before that goal. Mm. When Vicario made that save, I just it was frustrating. I thought that Spurs were quite sloppy in the first half, despite having all the ball, despite looking at winning the ball back high up the pitch and, and doing, like, it looked like an Ange team, but the decisions weren't there. And we haven't figured out exactly how to do it best, which sounds crazy because we're top and we're to be top. But, you know, when, when Ange talks about his teams having issues early on, I actually think we're seeing those issues. We're just not being punished for them. Do you agree with that, Seb? I think that's absolutely spot on. Yeah. I thought that we, we as I said, the, the first 15 minutes, I, I, I was quite happy. I felt like when we went in the lead, I, I think it's too easy to say, or oh, we kind of relaxed into it and almost relaxed too much but I don't really know how else to to describe it obviously the the chance that Kulisevsky had when he was played in by Romero um and he, and he decided not to shoot for for god knows what reason um uh, and pull the ball back how we didn't even get a shot at goal in that phase of play I don't know and it just seemed like HG said a bit little bit sloppy little bit kind of almost like we, we were cruising you weren't cruising. You're never cruising at one nil. You're barely cruising at two nil. So you know it was. There were already little signs, and I think we've all kind of said now and uh, and all agree with each other that I think Ange will be. There will be a lot of frustration despite the the result. Um, yeah, just a little bit, just not quite at it. They we could have punished Fulham a lot more, as HG said. Should have been two nil up at half time, and then as it goes into the second half. Again, just didn't seem to kind of really turn the gas on. I do wonder whether it has anything to do with playing Friday as well, uh, whether there's a little bit of thought. Obviously, that, that rolls into the substitution choices and, and things like that. But whether there's a little thought of just kind of conserve your energy a little bit. Um, but certainly at 1-0 in the first half, it, it shouldn't have been that 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 thinking. Um, we had opportunities to just make better, faster decisions uh, and, and we we didn't quite do it. As we dominated the ball so much in the first half, I think Fulham were obviously going to want the ball more. They made some halftime changes, brought on Iwobi and and Raul Jimenez, I think, were the two that came on at, at halftime. Um, what were your thoughts at the beginning of the second half then? I don't remember too much before we scored, if I'm honest. like I don't feel like Fulham were ever great 
I don't feel like Fulham ever did too much. So they they had a little bit more threat because they worked a bit harder and they tried to get the ball more. I feel like in the first half they were quite happy to sit and allow us to try and play around them. They they were you know they didn't want us going through the middle because they knew that's where we were going to hurt them. And Spurs really didn't do too much in the first half to hurt Fulham. I didn't think. It, it was that, that silly mistake from Bassey that we took advantage of. And in the second half, Fulham, when they decided to go at us, and, and we've seen that a few times, teams that have really tried to go at Spurs have had a bit of luck. Yes, they, it's made them a bit less solid at the back and we have the quality to take advantage. But it, I don't feel like Spurs are yet the team that where you need to play 10 behind the ball um at every opportunity and that's what fulham did tonight so it's i'm happy that they felt the need to do that because it gave us an opportunity to play with the ball but it's still the second half was similar to the first half until we got the second and then with the second you know we, we made a few substitutions and it, it was I mean, to me it was quite boring to watch i was kind of waiting for it to finish so we could do this <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, did I, say, I thought that the first half, we I think that we were almost trying to walk it in a bit. I think there were a few chances where we were just like, come on, guys, just hit it, just go for it. And uh, but the, the second half, it just looked a bit, yeah, maybe like Kerry said there, that we didn't really get out of second gear. Um, but we did get that goal, and um, it was, I think, it was similar to, to the first goal. And you're watching, it's like, is he onside? And and, it, and both of them were, were obviously Sonny, but, but obviously Sonny was setting up Madison for the, the second. And and anyway, yeah, talk us through the goal. It was a great finish by, by Madison, Seb. Well, it was, like you say, it was very, very similar to the first because uh, the first one was uh, interception by Van der Ven, second one was uh, Hoybier, I think, uh, with the, the interception from the ball out from Fulham. Um, and you know, very quickly, um, Son gathers, plays in Madison, and like you say, kind of look maybe is offside, but then you see Bassey on the on the side of the pitch, kind of playing everyone on. Um, yeah, nice play by Son and calm finish from from Madison. I felt after that it, we're talking about kind of how it how it got stunted, if you like, um, was I think the biggest uh, issue with the two uh, hopefully minor injuries. Um, Udogi um, at that point it. One thing that I noticed, and if anyone else kind of picked up on, so in the first half, a doggy was almost like the free man. He was running from that from his position that I guess you write down on paper is as left back, but he was never really left back, running running from that position into almost an attacking midfield space. Um, when he went off, Hoybier kind of took up the nominal left defensive position, if you like, um, but obviously didn't have that threat going forward and. Not his game. It's not. It's not. I'm not criticising Hoybier at all. I thought he thought he played a very disciplined game in that position, which is probably what was needed at that point. But you lost that attacking thrust that a doggy just by being that man making those runs gives you. And then additionally, you had um, Saar come off, um, and I really felt. I'm really sorry to say, but I thought Skip was terrible. Um, mm. Like not just he, he looked knackered. But like five minutes in, he looked the tiredest man on the pitch. Um, and and so we kind of lost attacking momentum, attacking thrust, and that kind of forward um, thinking that Udogi and Saar give you. You know, they they weren't like for like swaps in terms of position with Hoybier and in terms of talent. I'm afraid with Skip. Well, let's let's. Start. I thought uh, Gibbo the the Richarlison certainly first half was lively. Uh, I think I was, uh, second half there there was the as we said that where he tried to control it with his back, but. Uh, of, of the positive, because it's not his natural position, he is, is much more suited uh, to be the central striker. But with Son's finishing abilities, he's not going to start there unless Son's injured or is subbed off. So, um, what did you make of, of Richardson's performance overall? Matt, I'm, I thought he was busy. You know, I thought he was busy. I thought that was probably his best half of football, the first half, but this season. But that's not really a high bar. I just <laughs> low bar. Yeah. I, I don't. I just don't. I just don't feel like he's going to do anything. I just. He sort of got the ball and he's playing out wide. I know it's not his natural position, but he didn't really seem to want to do a step over and beat his man. Or I, I just. I'm. I'm not a big fan of Richarlison, mate. To be honest, but I thought he was lively. I thought he had a, a decent first half. I thought he got progressively worse as the second half went on. I just. I, I just don't. We're not getting enough from him in that position. We're not getting goals. We're not really getting assists. And 
you know, like I said, mate, he put he, he worked hard, he chased down. I'd like I'd just like a little bit more from somebody playing out, you know, in that position up there, bit of a goal mm. threat or, or you know, or 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 you know, either score goals yourself or create a bit more. And he doesn't do enough of either for me. So yeah, he worked hard and can't really say a lot more than that, to be fair. I look at that team that started tonight and I think that Okay, Poro's done well, Sara's done well, Kulisevsky has done well. They were bagging Kulisevsky on commentary for not scoring enough goals, and he's actually got a couple this season. But it, it just felt like the three of them, actually, Sara would be better off staying back because he's got the defensive awareness to do that. Poro would be better in Kulisevsky's position because he can actually cross the ball and, and keep it wide. And Kulisevsky might have been better in the eight. And to be fair to them, the three did switch quite a bit. I feel like for the first time today, I saw Tottenham actually move positions during the game. They're looking to see where their teammates are and filling the gap. So it's clear that they know what they need to do and they, they all kind of know the roles involved. But at some point, it, it just feels like the chances are falling to the wrong people at the wrong time. Or a chance to cross the ball and you've got Saar outside. Or a chance to shoot and you've got Saar, who doesn't really want to and from distance. You, you just wish that Kudasevsky would pull the trigger or that Porro would pull the trigger. And, and that's that's the frustration. It's not that we're playing badly. We've clearly got a, a system that we want to play. We're clearly doing it. But you look at it and you think, hey, you know, if we had a proper left winger, it would, it would you know, Richarlison would look less laboured because we'd have someone who could actually try and do the things that Ange probably wants to see down there. Johnson isn't a proper left winger, so he can't do it either. And so, yes, the team looks much improved, clearly. But when it comes to performances... I mean, that, that, that first 15, 20 minutes at Luton, we were great. Outside of that, we've taken our chances. That, I think that's the biggest thing. We've got, you know, a goal scorer in Sun who's taken up the slack that Kane has left. And Madison has chipped in with a few goals. I think it was the first one at Spurs tonight. So that was obviously good for him. But it just feels like we are like 85, 90% of learning the system. But the players still don't really fit it. And to be top of the league and to say that, it's great. But it is still, it's awkward. Watching Spurs is a bit awkward right now. Yeah, well, look, I, I, Seb, do you, do you agree with that? I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of go that far. I, I do, but I do understand what, what both um, Matt and she have said. I wouldn't say it's awkward. I would say that certainly there, there's been a little bit of luck involved over the last few, few games. And I would say definitely we're still learning the system and we are coming from a place... Um, you know, under particularly under the last manager, where you know it was at all time low in terms of confidence, in terms of the way that we play the game, it was you know it was complete opposite to what Ange is is trying to do. Um, one thing that I would point out is I think um, Romero, particularly tonight, was fantastic. Um, ably backed up by Van der Ven, but I thought Romero was standout. In fact. Uh, I know they're always going to give it to Madison. Um, certainly on Sky, they, that, that's that, that's who they gave the man the match to. And um, when they when they do that, they always support it with stats that he had the most touches in the box, most chances created. I, I get all that. However, you don't look at uh, if if they would have given it to Romero, they wouldn't have, have given, shown his shots in the box. Shots, oh, you know what I mean? It's a different set of stats for a defender. Um, I, I thought he was fantastic, and he is a big reason why. We are able to make the odd mistake, able to give the yeah. ball away in um, in quite dangerous areas. It happened a couple of times uh, tonight. I think Porro um, uh, gave gave it away once. Van der Ven, Vicario twice gave the ball away in dangerous positions. Um, pretty much every time, Romero was the one who kind of got back and, and tied it up. Van der Ven is rapid, is exactly what Romero needs next to him. Um, but Romero was was fantastic tonight so we 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 have to remember uh, you know, I, I know we've talked about it a lot and I, I know we've said it on youtube's pods whatever this is very very early days what i would say is that when we um discussed um last season with conte the season that we were topping during covid with um Mourinho, it is very very different to that so we have to kind of draw the um we can compare if you like, but we have to see that even though things aren't 100% correct and we're not flying, and we, I don't think we think we're going to win the league, it is a complete turnaround from when we were top under those managers. We're, number one, we're playing attractive football. It's what everyone wants, want, wants to see. Number two, 
there is a definite game plan and that game plan is to attack teams and to um uh punish their deficiencies and to work to our strengths what the other managers did was to just hang on by the skin of your teeth um and there there was nothing that we could really get behind as a fan base that we thought what this is going to take us to to a next level i think where we're all in agreement and backing up what ahg says is this is very very early and there is so much room for improvement and those players are so young and so talented mm. that when they get it when they finally get it even 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 another 10 percent more then it, we're up we're we, we're going to be flying now i'm not saying we're going to win the league i'm not even necessarily at the moment saying we're going to get top four there's good teams in this league however we seem to find a way in each game and one of the things that i wanted to, to actually mention quick going back to something hg said right at the start of the pod was um fulham looked a little bit scared of us tonight and um we managed to deal deal with the fact that they had that 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 lower block if they had not been scared and had attacked us i still feel like we had the tactic and the wherewithal and the skill within our players to then attack that attack that tactic if you like and you know if teams come on to us it's that's great with the pace and the width that we've got at the moment um so it's just it's just looking good but yeah i back up what you all kind of say in that it you know room for improvement Mm. Just some comments coming through here from uh, Angie's post-match interviews. Sky saying that that's the most angry they've seen him. Hotspur Samir saying our second half was the worst of the season <laughs> so far on the ball. Gibbo, you, you you agree? I, I think that's encouraging that the, yeah, the manager's I, saying that. Yeah, I do. I, I, like, I, didn't, I don't want to come on here and, and be negative because we won and we're top of the league and, and all the things that Seb said are right. But obviously, I'm just... You know, if we all come on here and we're like, you know, or everybody was, oh, everything's great. Yeah, it it wouldn't be as much fun, would it? But like, so, but I always want better. Even if my team was winning all the time and they were the best team in the league, that's just the way I am. That's how I look at football. If I was playing or whether I'm I'm watching, you know, I'm always picking out the bits where we could have done that. We could have won 3-0 rather than 2-0. You you know what I mean? Or when it's 4-1, we... We shouldn't have conceded that was a sloppy got. So that's how I am. But yeah, I, I can understand him saying that. I, I thought we were sloppy at times on the ball. And then I don't think the substitutions help. I think quite a few of them, as Seb said about Skip, are sort of downgrades on the players you, you're bringing off. And like mm. we brought Son and Madison off, didn't we, who were our two biggest threats going forward. And we do that quite a lot. And then I, I think that sort of kills any momentum we have of maybe pushing on to, to really kill the game. But yeah, well, I can understand what Andrew's saying, but but I totally agree with what Seb's saying and, and sort of HG said that there is loads of room for improvement. Basum is a big miss for us because I think even though Hoybier had a good game, he doesn't have that sort of like that drive Basuma has and he's just a little bit quicker. He can take a man on and he can take the ball further up the pitch and we never had that tonight. But at the end of the day, we've come through another game at home unscathed. Yeah, it could have been better, but who gives a fuck? We're top of the league. Yeah, but you talk about the home games. Like we've had four now, right? We've played two um, not decent teams, but two teams that want to attack us in Man United and Liverpool. And we've played two teams that didn't attack us at all in Sheffield United and Fulham. And we, we looked worse in the games that obviously against Sheffield United and Fulham. So there, there is clearly work to be done. The good thing is, is that Palace will undoubtedly attack us at home on Friday night under the lights. They will want to get going, which should help us. Chelsea, you'd think, would do the same. And then we've got Wolves, who, again, at home. So you, you're thinking that... Huh? They'll attack us, won't they? You'd, you'd imagine so. Yeah. I mean, so it's things... like I, I don't want to see Aston Villa attack us because they, they're clearly quite good and they're scoring lots of goals. But that <laughs> will help us, right? They, like, we, we're getting used to these things. Yes, we've had some easy games against teams who are you know, at the bottom end of the table... But they've also, but you know, Burnley, Bournemouth, they tried to play against us, and we do have the quality to win those games. We have better players, we've proved that. So it is now about you know understanding what we can do when teams do what Fulham do. Because then you know they were quite happy to give us the, the flanks. And they you, you try and beat us down the flanks, they've got decent full backs. Castagna and Robinson were probably two of their better players all night. Mm-hmm. So it, it was kind of like 
the fact that we got over the line, maybe we shouldn't care how, right? Maybe we shouldn't care that Calvin Bassey was the main reason we won tonight. We should be happy that we that we got the job done because no team, Man City, don't win every game by outplaying their opponents. Okay, maybe they maybe they do. Sometimes they lose through <laughs> outplaying their opponents, but they mostly outplay their opponents. I suppose aren't there yet, but that's okay. None of us thought we would be there after nine games. We all thought that we'd be what eighth, seventh at this point. We'd have lost a couple of games. You got difficult going to Arsenal away. Like you'd have thought there'd be two or three defeats in those nine games. And yet we're unbeaten because we are quite solid at the back. Was it eight goals in nine games now? You, 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 you're a bit, you, you're kind of confident that as much as as much as Fender Fender Romero are great, the fullbacks can defend in this system. Doggy got beat a couple of times tonight, but generally speaking, doesn't. Poro, to be fair, wasn't really ever playing fullback until the until the substitutions were made because he, he seemed to be much higher up the pitch. But we 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 have a system that actually does seem to function we can get the ball we can move it around and now we've just got to be more creative with it and take more shots when the opportunity arrives and don't try and walk it in as if we're you know peak venger that we aren't there yet at some point it's about half chances put your foot through the ball try and you know wrong foot the keeper and see what happens we've had we've had goals this season we've seen goals maybe not scored by spurs but we've seen goals that have gone in off deflections Right, obviously, the Arsenal had one against Man City. What two weeks ago, won them the game by someone taking a chance. We didn't really do that, and that's where I feel like Spurs probably need to improve. Hmm. Well, Seb, do you, do you agree with that? That this is uh, this is as we've discussed the start of the Angier, and and he said all along, look, judge me on my second season. First season is always a drop off at. In, in performance, perhaps uh, we've seen that, but we certainly haven't with results. Uh, but it's th- these are encouraging signs that, got, like, like you said, a young team uh, that will only get better once they they they've been playing under Ange for more time. Uh, so it, we should be optimistic, surely. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There's there's nothing. You know, th- these are just um, musings, if you like. Uh, with I guess a li- you know a little bit of negativity, but as we've seen as as the comments have come in. Ange isn't happy. So therefore, you know, what we're saying makes some sense. Um, hmm. there, you know, there, there was things to pick pick out, but particularly in the in the second half. However, you can caveat that by saying um Emerson playing on the on the left, Geo coming on, Brennan Johnson unfit coming on. You know, I know people said it should be, you know, should have started, but that there is an argument that he hasn't played a minute of Premier League football for must be over a month. Um, Valiz coming on. Son and Matters, I think. People are saying, oh, they're not 100% fit. I think it's more to the point that they are absolutely crucial. If you can take them off on on 80 minutes, as we've seen, mm. take them off. We're playing in four days' time. It's probably the shortest um, gap between games that we're going to have, I think, until December. So take take those players off, protect them, um, and, uh, and, yeah, move forward. You know, I appears I think that Saar was unwell before the game so it's not an injury just uh, not 100% so again protect him um, and everyone else comes through unscathed we we, we think so um, lot. I mean this is not a negative pod lots and lots of reasons to be very very happy again you know Vicario who's pining for David Rea now because mm. you know that that keeper it pulled off two outstanding saves again and he does it every game um you know there was also a chance at the end where um i think we were a bit sloppy actually but emerson got back got that block in poro celebrates it like it's a goal these are things that you love to see you know we know we want that clean sheet um you know fulham were a little bit sloppy themselves with some of the chances but overall you know this is this is reasons to be cheerful and and a positive podcast in dreamland like we are in yeah. I mean, we are in dreamland right we're just dreaming of how good we can be because we're not there right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, just on that on that HG, the the triple sub um, that that said preferred to. So we we lo- obviously took off Richarlison, Madison, and Son in one go, bringing on Villiers, Johnson, and Lacelso, and it did coincide with probably our worst period of the game. There was a drop off where Fulham did have chances, and like you, you never know, they get one with. Five ten minutes ago, they got we had we had seven minutes of, of added time today. They could very much they very easily have, have equalised had they had they got the goal. And there was the same I think from from Jimenez. I think it was uh, sort of going to, to the side, which was 
crucial because that was around 80 minutes, I think, that one. I, I have no issue with making the subs. It is weird because, you know, we make the subs up between 75 and 80 minutes usually, right? And, you know, historically you're thinking 15 minutes, but then we played seven minutes extra tonight, which I don't think any of us really expected. The game was basically done and dusted. But suddenly 20 minutes of a game feels a lot more. It's not a lot more, but it does feel like a significant amount. So I think like, I was a little bit disappointed. I said it in the, in the in the show we did on Friday that I wanted to see Brian Hill play a little bit when we were playing Fulham at home. Johnson out of position down the left. Why not give Brian a game? Why not give him 20 minutes to run at a tired defence? That that was something that I would have liked. I mean, I can't I can't knock it because we won the game, right? But Valise for Sun makes sense. Richarlison's not going to move central, so Valise, fine, bring him on. Madison, Lacelso, well, we saw preseason. Lacelso played that role when Madison wasn't playing, so that makes sense. But I, I still want to see Spurs improve down the wings. We haven't really got that. If we if we manage, like Perisic was, has been our best winger all season, right? And he got injured, what, yeah. a month ago, five weeks ago? But he's still been our most effective winger all season. Kulisevsky can do it and, and does moments where you think, wow, what a player. But the decision-making isn't there in our front four, really. Like, Lacelso came on, made a few weird passes, made a few bad decisions. They're getting into good positions. It's just, can we make those can we make those decisions in the correct way? And Spurs haven't done that, really. So I'd I would have loved to have seen Brian Hill come on for that 20 minutes. Um, I think I think Spurs would have looked better going forward. And that's to say, not to say that Brendan Johnson looked bad. It's just that you know, he's. I never saw him play left wing for Forest. He was either a white winger or maybe up front by himself. If you look at the highlights of Brendan Johnson on YouTube, you see him score a lot of goals with either foot. So you could think maybe there's a future as the, as the centre forward, but he's been bought to play right wing. I'm convinced of it. So when, when you see Brian Hill sitting there on the bench, like, you know, kind of biting his nails while Jamie Penison's twiddling his fingers, it's a shame that he couldn't get on. I don't, I mean, obviously he played well at Palace last season. Maybe he'll get some minutes on Friday night. But I do think that Spurs, that, that's a relatively easy decision to make. If you're always going to bring three subs on at 75 minutes, why not? Like, why, why not do, why, why not put people in their, in their best position? Mm -hmm. You agree with that, Gibbo? Were you okay with the subs, or do you think, like HG said, that we could have seen a bit of difference now that Hill's back? Um, I didn't expect. I thought he'd bring Johnson on, obviously, because he went when he was fit. When we first signed him, we brought him straight in, didn't he? But um, yeah, I mean, the Chelsea. I'd like, I'd like to see him get some minutes. I thought, like, I agree with HG. There was some some dodgy passes, but a few times he sort of ran with the ball and drove us mm. forward. I totally agree about the decision-making. Me and my son were sat here watching it, and we said about Kudzeski, some of the things he did tonight were brilliant. But then it's just that area around the box where that, that final pass, or he doesn't have a shot when he should have a shot, just really frustrating. But, you know, the subs don't really improve us. But on, just on one thing, HG, you said about he wasn't going to put Richarlison um, as number nine when Son went off. Why do you think that is? Because, obviously, Richarlison's best place is the centre forward, isn't it? For him, I think. Yeah. But do you not do you think Ange doesn't see that in him anymore? Like you and you and Seb, do you do you both think that he doesn't see that? Because he's brought Valise on and took Richarlison off. I, I, I personally I think Richarlison's kind of on borrowed time a little bit. You know, after what happened. Like he doesn't he's not played that well for Spurs. He's out there because others haven't been fit fully fit. You don't know how long he's gonna stay there. And yeah, like maybe we're maybe we're seeing an indication that if Sun's not the main striker, actually Ange does see Villiers as the, as the main backup and not Richarlison. Like Richarlison will come in handy. There will going to be moments this season where we'll need a, a more physical threat. Maybe we'll have to go four four two. And to be fair, against Sheffield United, Richarlison played a massive part in that turnaround. So that like it's just that when you pay that much money for him. You kind of hope he's going to be a bit more than a bit part, maybe as a sub player. Um, so it, it, it's rough, but I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see. I've said this before on, on shows. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rich Allison not be at the club next year. Wow. So, Seb, do you agree with that? Well, do you, who do you think we could get in? Because I think Ange does. Now we've got our new uh, Johan Clubber Lang. Is our new uh, technical director, is it? Is that his official title? I'm not sure what the title was, a director of football or 
um, one of those titles that, that we'll, we will be doing some business in January. Yeah. Um, yeah, who do I think will get in? Well, I hope um, Don Fabio's still got his book because I think the signings we've made since early 2022 have, uh, have been very, very good. Um, I think we, I hate the phrase winning the transfer windows and all that, um, but you have to say when you look at the team that's out tonight and how those players have come in instantly, it is instant as well as the manager um, and, and change things around uh, and added, you know, Kulisevsky and add Kulisevsky and Bentoncourt to that. Um, obviously, Poro and uh, uh, and the ones that were signed from from earlier windows. Um, I don't know. Obviously, the rumours are Gift Auburn, uh, and I've forgotten the name of the other lad, young lad. HG will probably tell me. I can't even think now. Um, where there's there's very strong rumours. Um, I think he's only like nineteen or twenty. But again, the next big the next big thing. I think we we'll definitely will go for a striker, um, uh, but. It's it's hard now because I think any striker that comes in, you're not signing it. There's no other player like Harry Kane, so we're not signing some kind of Kane replacement. But the striker that comes in has got to be flexible, I think, to play those roles. It's why to play those different roles. I mean, that's why we signed Richarlison because it was he can play across the three forward roles. When we had Harry Kane, he's not uh, he does he doesn't need Kane to be injured to to get on the pitch. When you've got Son. Um, and you've got Richarlison and then, you know, you've got Valiz. You don't necessarily want to sign a player that means Valiz then doesn't get a look in for a year. So you have to be that that striker that comes in has got to be super flexible to kind of play across the three lines. Then you're asking yourself, well, if we're signing a striker like that, are we signing someone who maybe gets 10 to 15 goals a season like Richarlison? Are we just signing another Richarlison? So it's it's, it's a really tricky, um, tricky role and a tricky purchase that that we, we're going to have to make um if you're going to sign an out and out number nine then the chances are he's not going to play very much hmm. and, and, and i feel like i still feel like richarlison's best position in this system is to be the number nine he's just not as good as son at finishing and valise has been bought by the manager so he's clearly getting those minutes and then you then you look at it and you, i mean fulham are the perfect example like you look at their strikers tonight vinicius doesn't really cut it in the premier league Raul Jimenez is what 30 something now, probably doesn't have too much longer. Like, and the whole Marco Silva thing, like which Allison would be would have been great for Fulham tonight. I've mm. no doubt about that. He'd have been wonderful for Fulham tonight. So again, I'm happy that we have him because he's making that bridge. He's allowing Valise time to get used to the game. So I mean, again, Valise is what 20. He's not old. He needs to get used to European football. And Richarlison is in, is enabling to that to happen. But I do think. That you know, if if you look at the teams that Ange has created in in Celtic and in Japan, and someone like Richarlison, if he's not playing centre forward, he, he's not really going to be playing that often. He's just your, he, he's the Maruan Fellaini who comes on when you need a goal, right? I mean, that that's kind of his his role at Spurs, sadly. Mm. Yeah, Gilbert, I did think that actually about um, the Marco Silva connection because he's signing for Watford and then again signing for Everton. So will he, will he go for a triple whammy and get him over to Fulham and we could get, I know, say, a Paulinho or, or a fair bit of money for, for who, who who from that Fulham team do you think? Anyone? Seth shaking his head. Anyone in that team? No, I don't like Paulinho. I, I, and I don't, get, I don't get it. I know he's physical. He should have been booked um, yeah. very early on tonight. Um, the referee was very lenient on Fulham. I think they had 15 fouls. We had 10. Our first bow bomb was Hoybier pulling out of a challenge. Um, and all right, it, it probably was a yellow card, but only as much as the Polina one was. No, Fulham, I, I, I like Marco Silva and I like the way he plays football. So uh, I'm not I'm not knocking um, the team. But in terms of individual, um, individual, well, individual talent, there's no one that I would really say that I would have in the Tottenham squad. Someone said, I saw a comment that said Fulham's bench is stronger than ours tonight or something like that. And it's just rubbish. Um, it won't be. I, yeah. It won't be. Yeah, Jesus. How is he still stealing a living in the Premier League? It's insane. <laughs> uh, but, but Gibbo, what, what about you? Anyone, anyone there? Mate, now I, yeah, I think one to, we're better than them all over the park, weren't we? I've, I've seen Polinia. Is it Polinio? What Polinio? Well, I can't say it. But I have seen him have better games than that. I think he is a yeah. fairly decent player, to be fair. Um, I don't think he was that great tonight. I mean, he put in a lot of challenges, didn't he? But I've seen him sort of like get on the ball more and do more in other games. But would I have him over Bissouma? 
Not sure. Don't think I would. I think Pasuma's a better Who's player. Better tonight? Who's better tonight, Polina or Hoybier? I think I'd say probably Hoybier, maybe when he got on the ball. But I thought mm. he did make a lot of challenges tonight. That I know a lot of them were fouls, but he, he puts a tackle in, doesn't he? Polino, he puts some challenge in. Polino. But yeah, I don't I wouldn't have it. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they have got anyone who get in our team really. Well, well that's, I, 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 go on, go I, so I, I, I would take him. I really would, right? Because there again, there are going to be times when you need to have a, a defensive midfielder like Paulinia. And Heidegger isn't Skip. really that. And Skip isn't really that. And so, yeah, if you think that Bissouma and Bentancur would be enough, that's great. But I wouldn't mind having a more defensive midfielder in there. Like, I know Paulinia has probably got, you know, his sights set in bigger clubs, right? And if Bayern wanted him in the summer, they may all come back in for him. But I just think that, like, he may not play every game for Spurs. But if you're looking at midfield options, and you can say your midfield options are uh, are, um, Basuma, Bentancur, Paulinia, Saar, and then maybe another attacking midfielder to go alongside Madison, because this also may not stay, that seems a quality set up and you could put Paulinia as the six and you could move Basuma further forward or you could play with two sixes and have them like it just gives you more options and when, when I see you know Pap tonight was great as a midfielder but most of his best work was done defensively same with Richarlison I just feel that if that's the situation maybe an actual true defensive midfielder would come in handy because Benton Kerr can do what Basuma can do He's better on the half turn than Heiberg is. He like Saar is better on the half turn. Even Udogi tonight, I thought was really good on the half turn when he got the ball and it fizzed into him and he was able to control it and keep the keep the midfielders away from him. So th- th- there are improvements to be made in midfield, and we don't have a defensive midfielder, dip, uh, midfielder like Polinia. And I, I, I kind of would like one because in certain games you're going to need it. Hmm. One thing I see that I didn't mention, I think Gibbo, you mentioned about uh, Hoybier's booking. He got it for clouting Willian, so I'll give him that. He gets man of the match just for that one. <laughs> um, did you see that the, the crowd booing him? And it, and it did, like someone commented, and it did always make him play better, I thought. I said, did you, uh, I thought it was a good outlet for, for Fulham to that tonight. Yeah, he's he's good player, isn't he? Te- technical player, but yeah, I did. I kind of wish they'd stop really because he, he did seem to to be good on the ball whenever, <laughs> whenever they whenever they boo. But um, yeah, good old Spurs. Don't um, don't you know? Don't give up a grudge. You know, I I, I completely agree with it. You know, that, that guy's a. Are we allowed to swear? I think Gibbo, you swore already, didn't you? Yeah, I've sworn already, mate. Don't yeah, Williams a twat. <laughs> oh, is it only a twat? I mean, Danny Dyer said twat on daytime TV. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it did come up in the comments as well, Gibbo, that the subs were made with Friday in mind. Um, so looking ahead to that game, as we've been talking about Eze, um, how do you think that that game will go? Who, who's your sort of standout player for for um, for Palace? I think Eze and Elise are their two best players, aren't they? But um... They're not fit, are they? I think they're they, both crooked, yeah. I think yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they've been yeah, struggling, I, I think. I, I see Will Hughes, I think I'll put it in our group HD, didn't I, that Will yeah. Hughes is playing for Palace at the moment. He's only 27, by the way, or 28. I thought he'd be in his 30s. He feels like he's been around <laughs> for ages. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, Gay Anderson, I quite like Anderson. I, I wouldn't have minded him at Spurs. I wouldn't mind him. Coming in and being like one of the well, a backup to our centre backs, but yeah, I mean, we got to be looking there. The way you know they're struggling with injuries, they're not they're not playing great, are they? We got to be looking at going there really and, and getting something, a draw at the very least. I do quite fancy us um, to get something if we go. We should be able to go strong. We made those changes, so there's nobody really who worries me. Just you know, they've got players like AU, haven't they? And you think, oh, God, do we, you know, go there, struggle, and then someone like Jordan AU nicks one near the end. Massively embarrassing. But, yeah. Now, I, I've got, there's, they've got no real standout players with Elise and Eze being out. They would be their two biggest threats, I believe. But, thankfully, they won't be playing. It, hmm. it's, it's similar to Fulham. Like, from set pieces, they can be dangerous. Yeah. But I didn't see much from Fulham. And outside of us being sloppy, I didn't see much from Fulham going forward either. Like both sides actually kind of 
relied on other teams' mistakes to actually get the good good chances. It's just that we took ours. But I think that Palace, like again, like it's never easy to go to Palace and win, but we actually do it relatively frequently. We go there yeah. and we get a result. We beat them 4-0 last season, mostly thanks to Kane. We've won a one nil a couple of I mean, I remember Ericsson scoring a rocket from long distance. I remember Kane scoring a header. You know, we we, we tend to get results there. Delhi Ali won the goal. There you yeah. go, right? So I just feel that Palace will, despite you know, whoever they play, they will probably come at us. I don't feel like Roy will say our best way of winning this game is to be defensive. I don't think Palace really do that at home. So it, it, it's a good chance for us. But I, yeah, like you hope that with what ten games until the Chelsea game after it, ten days, sorry, like we we are going to go full blast. We have to, right? Our Bissouma will come in. I re I saw the comment from John early on about is Bissouma going to play because we don't want him to get booked and miss the Chelsea game. He's going to play, and we have to hope that he's been smart. He'll be smarter than he has been so far. But Bissouma will play almost certainly. We are a better team with him in the side. You can hope that maybe Benton Kerr might make the bench, although I don't see that. So it's just, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I think that Palace, they, they will go at us in, in the best way they can, but they don't have that player like they had in Zaha, who I never really rated anyway, but they don't have that player who can really do things by himself. Um, and if, if Spurs can control it, which you know, we've done that so far this season. We have controlled games, even Arsenal. We controlled large portions of that. If we can do it at Palace, you would hope that we would create enough chances to win the game. Hmm. So that's a good point, actually, that HG made, that Bentancor is back in full training now. Um, it is great news, because obviously we've got AFCON coming up in January, so him returning and hitting the, the form that you would hope after uh, the ACL injury, which which can uh, ruin careers. I think it's, it's uh, the the recovery has improved and the treatment has improved in the last few years, but the ACL is a serious, serious injury and players have, have come back and not been the same. So the hope is that Bentancourt does come back because I do think he fits really well with Angeball. Yes, I do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because, um, I, I mean, I really like Saar. Um, but as you say, be going to, to to the Afcon. I don't think it's an, a lot of people saying Pentacle will just come straight in for Saar when he when he's fit. I don't know if I necessarily see that. Uh, I think there'll be some some rotation round. Um, Saar's kind of I've said it before, said it said it a lot actually that he reminds me of Patrick Vieira every time I watch him. Uh, I think he's just like a a, a Vieira clone. He's kind of pace. Um, it was stride more than his pace kind of across the pitch, the way he runs with the ball, the way he runs when he hasn't got the ball just reminds me of Vieira. You, you don't want Benton Kerr to come in um, and stifle a player. It's a bit like what we said about, uh, about Belize. If we, if we sign a striker, um, you know, we've got young players that we need to take care of. I'm sure there'll be some rotation, um, but I don't think it's a direct swap. And we you know Sarge sits on the bench for the rest of the season. If Benton Kerr's fit, um, but, you know, both very, very, very good players. Uh, and it'll be great to have Benton Kerr back because he does offer something that a little bit different. One of the things that you could perhaps pick out um, with the midfield at the moment is is lack of goals, you know, not including Madison in that, obviously. But Benton Kerr, um, as we know, can can find the net um, and links up well with Kulusevsky and others. So, we, you know, no one knows, I guess, until he comes back, what that fitness level is going to be. I doubt very much he's going to hit the ground running. I probably expect him to play a couple of half an hour, a couple of 20 minutes at least, um, maybe even going into December. You know, if he is in full training now, I, 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 I would be doubtful that he'd start, obviously, against Palace. And that's a complete no-no, not being even on the bench. Can't see it against Chelsea. Um, too big a game. Um so then maybe we look towards, uh, you know, end of November, start of December before we really see him. And, and the thing is, like, because our midfielders, like, as much as Hoiberg and Benteke haven't played much this season, they were our best pairing for a very long time and they work really well together. So that if you're planning things, you might think, hey, Bissouma, we need to get that booking out of the way. Have him booked against Chelsea so he misses the Wolves game. Wolves game is what, you know, second week of November maybe Hoiberg and Saar would be good enough for that one. Bendiger could be on the bench by that. And you're right, like, we, we, we want to ease him back in. We don't want a situation where, like, we, we, we're forced to, but we won't have that. Unless Hoiberg is out and Saar is out, we probably won't be forced to rush him back early. So you hope 
that but I, I think that I mean the Villa game is I think the first one after the next break. Villa at home. If if he's ready, I, I could see that being maybe the one that he would come. Because I, I do think that like I love Sal like you do, Seb. But I think Benton Kerr is a better player. And if he's anything like we saw before his injury, he should be in the side over. It you, you just you're still nervous about the defensive contribution that Sar gives because he does right. Like he's not the eight that we all kind of think we're we're going to see, but he's he's a very good defensive six, and he allows Porro to go forward and be that eight. So it's horses and courses we've got so many I do think we've got a lot of good players and if we get everyone fit and and they all learn the system and they all decide where they're going to be at every time and then we will be a force but uh yeah it's a nice problem to have like you know when are we going to get our players back and we don't have to rush them back and I don't yeah. think I don't think um like obviously you said Seb about if Bentacore comes back in it will stifle you know it might stifle SARS progress. I, I think if Andrei, I think you'll get game time, and and I think you know, I think he, I think he'll still get plenty of game time. I don't think it'll be the like Conte scenario where it's like, no, this is what I play. If, if and, and Ange obviously rates SARS, so I don't think that will happen. But it, like you said, HG, it's, it'll be great to actually, you know, bring a player on and not weaken the team because sometimes we make subs because we need to make a sub. And it weakens the team, doesn't it? Whereas if you've got Benton Core, Saar fighting for places, you swap one of them with each other. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not that, a it's, massive drop-off. Saar comes off tonight and we stick Benton Kerr on and we're all thinking, yeah. great. Hoiberg and Benton Kerr for the last half an hour, brilliant. It's just we're not there yet. But it would have been yeah. amazing to have and it will be amazing to have. But uh, yeah, yeah we, we, we haven't said this for a while. We are top of the league. Top of the league! Yeah. And, and to all the fans of other teams watching, we know we're not good yet, <laughs> and we're still top of the league. Yeah, we're clear as well. There's none of this joint top bullshit that we get yeah. from Gooners. We're actually two yeah. points yeah. clear Friday night. It's coming. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I've never seen that. Like Spurs have been a you know Premier League team my whole life, a top division team my whole life. I have never. I can't remember Spurs ever even having the chance. We've been top of the league around this time, but not clear. Like five points clear after 10 games. I mean, granted, we'll have played 10, no one else has. But, you know, Man United have got Man City that week. You, you, you think it, it'll look good. I mean, people will say we're, we're bottlers, I'm sure. But to have the opportunity Friday night, we've got to take it. We've got oh, to we'll, take yeah. it. Yeah, we'll get accused of bottling the league now, won't we? Now we're top after nine games if we don't win oh, it. Oh, I will also say if if we win the next two, Palace and, uh, and Chelsea... Um, am I right in thinking there's an international break then as well after, after the Chelsea Wolves. games? I think Wolves yeah, is Wolves. after okay, Chelsea then. and then the break. Yeah. Okay, so I will say if you take seven points from the next nine games, then people will start talking about a title. They just will. We're, 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 we'll be a third of the way through the season, pretty much. Um, we've played some big teams. We would have played some decent teams away. Big teams at home. If we can come out out of the next three games, maybe nine, maybe nine, maybe if we win all three, then I think you say Spurs are on a hell of a run. And um, it's I said it before. It's momentum. I said it. I said it right at the start of the season that I thought second um, down was up for grabs um, because I saw last year with Arsenal. And look, I hate saying it. Arsenal are a good team, but momentum is massive. We saw it with Leicester, saw it at Arsenal last year, I've seen it with other teams. If you can build that momentum, you just keep riding the crest of a wave, it can take you a long way. And if you suddenly get clear, as Arsenal did last year, I know they didn't get over the line, but if you suddenly get clear, if you build up a bit of a gap, as HG said, you know, whether it's five points, three points, whatever, it's it's huge. Um, you know, really, really exciting time. Um, and I think we keep waiting for the slip, and no doubt there will be some kind of slip. Um, yeah, I agree. We have got a heck of a December, um, but you you got you got to be up there in the first place. You want to be up there to get shot down. You know, that, yeah. it's as simple as that. I'd rather be I'd rather be but I'd rather be where we are now than where I think, as she said, where we where we thought we'd be, which is around seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, you know, we're we're so. The other thing is is get rid of the talk of the title. We're 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 running clear in for top four. You know, Aston Villa. I think we're four points ahead of them. Newcastle will be six points ahead of them. Those are teams that will be challenging this, this this year. I've got no doubt about it. Villa, Brighton, Newcastle. 
you can put them in with Liverpool, Arsenal, us. And then obviously you've got Chelsea and United, which are a little bit up and down. So it's going to be close. Eight points Sorry? ahead of United. Eight points ahead of United already. Chelsea yeah. got 12 points. We got 23. So, you know what I mean? We've yeah, got like a massive head, we've got a massive lead over yeah. them at the minute. Like, like, like I, th- I think we take Villa as an example, right? I mean, you know, Emery's been there a year. Um, they're a very good side. And in the, the, the games they've lost, they've lost, I think, to Liverpool. They've lost against good teams. They lost at Newcastle, Newcastle. right? So Villa will be there or thereabouts. I didn't think they were amazing against West Ham and they scored four. They took their chances and they, they didn't concede many. So I have no doubt that Villa will be there. The Conference League won't really affect them because they can rotate a bunch of players into that, just like West Ham did last year. Like it's it's not it's not the kind of competition where you need to play all your best players all the time. I do think Villa will be there or thereabouts, and I'm I'm more worried about them. I'm worried about Newcastle. But again, Spurs are getting results without playing that well. There are, I think, quite a few teams that have played better football than Spurs this season. Um, and so for us to be ahead of them. Is is outrageous because yeah. Like, Do you think some teams are overcomplicating how they play? I've watched a, 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 quite a lot of football, probably more football this season because I'm enjoying watching Spurs. So I'm quite able to kind of watch other teams rather than thinking like, oh god, I'm, I'm not watching Spurs and I'm not, I've got, I can't bother to watch anything else. I feel like some teams, Chelsea's one, uh, whether that's just new players or whatever, um, and then there's been some other. Certainly, Manchester United seems to just be overcomplicating it and do you think Spurs are having the success that they're having because actually they're playing what is I don't want to say a simple brand of football but it's a very clear brand of football they don't seem to be overcomplicating anything and I've said it in pods before about making your own luck and that again that's that's a simplification but if everyone knows exactly what they're going to do on the pitch the chances of it working are surely higher than if you pay some kind of complicated brand of, I, I don't know, even Manchester City, I say sometimes overcomplicate it for the sake of overcomplicating it. So how far is that going to get us if we stick with the very clear message that Angie's giving? With regards to our form and, and other teams, there's not that many that scare me. Like I watched Arsenal, Man City, obviously the two sort of front runners uh, for, the, for the league like they were last season. It was a terrible game. Like I said, it went in off um, the geezer's face, and it was a, it was really, really, really poor. Like the quality, it just there was no intensity. So why not? Like I mean, again, we, we're gonna we're gonna have bumps in the road, but why can't we enjoy it while we're going? Sorry, go on, Aisha. No, I mean I think that the, the the thing, the biggest reason why Spurs are where they are is the fact that Ange has got the team understanding what he wants. Yes, we've got good players, right? We had good players last season. Nothing's really changed in that area. Madison has been a massive improvement, but I still think that the biggest reason is Ange, the, the way he's communicated. Like Pochettino has some very good players at Chelsea, but it's taken him ten games to get them kind of going. And even then, you don't really know how they're going to play. You just look at their midfield too, and you think. Okay, Caicedo and Enzo could work well together, and Gallagher might be the best third. But outside of that, you wonder like they're attacking. You know, their wingers. Who are the best two they have? They don't really have a striker. Like Sterling's playing well. So you just think you look at those teams. Like Villa have gone from average mid-table to very good very quickly. Spurs have gone from average mid-table under what we were last season really to good to very good very quickly. I don't think we're as good as what Villa are. But Arsenal are worse than they were. I believe that. I think Arsenal aren't playing the football anywhere near to the same standard that they did last season. Man City have lost a bunch of players. Yes, they've bought Kovacic, but Gundogan was quality, was my favourite City player. So it'll be tough to replace. So I think it's okay to think that Man City might take a bit of time before they really get going. Again, they've been without De Bruyne and Rodri for the last few games, which, which has affected them. So I, I think Liverpool, weirdly, have looked pretty good. And Liverpool would yeah. be the ones that I'd be thinking, you know, they've had some tough games. They've been away from home. Um, they went to Newcastle and won. Like it, I think Liverpool, right now, I'd be looking at them as being probably the favourites because they are playing good football. But they're going to lose Andy Robertson for three months. And then you just wonder. But it, like at, at this level... I, I firmly believe it's about the systems that the managers put in place. Lots of teams in the Premier League have good players because lots of teams can afford good players. 
right? You can have like a Newcastle and a Villa signing players that wouldn't have gone there before, but they go there now because they'll get paid a crap ton of money. And it's it, it's good for the league, but it just means that everyone can take points off of everyone else. And we've won seven out of nine. Like people aren't taking points off us. And like, you know, flat track bully or not, those results will get us where we want to be. Five points clear, five points clear. Gibbo, thanks for joining, mate. No problem, mate. Glad to be on. Um, always good to come on after a win, isn't it? But yeah, I haven't been on for a while, so thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks, mate. HG, thanks for joining. Yeah, no problem. Seb, thank you for joining, mate. No, thanks for having me. I hope my uh, third world internet held up and uh, my, my lovely new microphone meant that you got me in full stereo sound. So fingers crossed yeah. it, all, it all went okay. It was all good, man. A few hiccups, but just like Spurs, we got there in the end. And so this <laughs> also do listen out for uh, the review of the Palace game uh, on the weekend. And so, yeah, and as ever, keep the faith, top of the league. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you San Antonio Spurs. Come on, Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 